For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Welcome to that Christian geeky couple from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. And Andrea Graham. And we're going to uh, be bringing you a pretty good episode. Uh, we will be talking in a little bit about uh, the season, uh, the uh, mid-season premiere of Supergirl. And uh, later on, we'll be talking about other uh, works, including a look at a couple of Big Finish audios. But first, we're going to have a serial review. No, that doesn't mean we're going to review a serialized story. It means I'm going to actually review serial. Now, this may seem odd, but there is actually a Superman serial and a Batman serial. And we know that when you have these uh, serials, a Superman serial and a Batman serial can't just be viewed as a friendly, uh, working together serials for the good of the same company. They are rivals. And it is time for us to have a versus. So we're going to have Superman versus Batman serials. Andrea could not figure out which she preferred, and we're going to see how I do. So uh, I am going to put on a blindfold. Andrea, do you have the bowls of cereal ready? I will in a set as soon as you put your blindfold on, dear. Okay, so I'm going to put on my blindfold, and she will bring over the cereal, and she will narrate as she gives me the cereal. So let me go ahead, and I will put the blindfold down. I'm bringing over cereals A and cereals B. Okay. Mm. Here is cereal A. Cereal A. Okay. So I have cereal A here. And where's the microphone? Am I talking to it right? Okay. I have cereal A here, and I'm going to go ahead and take a bite. Mmm. Good. Do you want to try cereal B now before it gets soggy? Okay, let me go ahead and put cereal A down. Um, okay. Let me get have a little glass of water to riveting audio here. I know. All right. Here's cereal B. Cereal B. All right. This one just seems more just plain chocolatey. Alright, so tasting Cereal A and Cereal B. Um, both had some interesting taste to them. Um, cereal A... Um, really had, I think, a little bit more smoother flavor, plus a little bit of berry taste, which really made it um, a much preferable cereal eating experience. 
Um, Cereal B was okay, but it felt just more pure chocolatey without really any distinction. So I am going to say that I like Cereal A. And uh, Andrea, what is Cereal A? You chose Superman. Yes, I am a fan of Superman cereals and Superman cereals. Um, I thought they were both excellent. And a slight, maybe a teensy slight uh, preference for the chocolate. Which is Batman. Okay, so we're going to um, actually finish this part of the recording and record the rest later. We'll finish the cereal and we'll be back with uh, the rest of the show in just a second. Well, from cereal, we turn to Supergirl and the episode Childish Things. <laughs> Andrea, that's not the theme. I don't know what that was. But that's the Supergirl the... theme. Okay, maybe if that works. Um, girl, it's a super, it's a theme. Okay, so the episode Childish Things, we're going to go ahead and talk about it uh, plot by plot. And first we have the A plot, and we uh, get a lot of insight into when. And uh, we meet Wynn's dad, the Toy Man. Uh, Andrea, your thoughts? That was deep. Wynn's dad is crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it... Oh, one more. Poor Wynn. Yeah. Um, I, I think that... Can we hug him? Yeah, I, I think I definitely connected better with Wynn over the last two episodes than I had the eight prior. And I thought it was kind of interesting because oftentimes in comic books it'll be like the supervillain uh, doesn't have any kid. Or if they have a kid, they just show up and they're as big a uh, villain as the parent. Here there's really kind of, you know, uh, I think some deep waters with Gwen. And really the character just, I think, comes out very strongly. Um... And uh, it was interesting to have that focus on him and Kara the, for this uh, episode. And... Uh, when does he get the girl? Well, I, I can understand it's kind of a lot to take in and everything, but, you know, how long is she going to take to process the obvious links between them? Well, I'm not certain it's so obvious on her part. I think it's obvious on his part. After the speeches they gave each other today? Well... Uh, she totally was giving him signals, and he responded to them without thinking. Well, that's the thing, though, is sometimes, particularly in fiction, women will say things to men that make them think they have feelings when they're trying to express uh, no, friendship. No, 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 I'm a girl. She was, and that wasn't just, she, that wasn't leading him on. That was, that was her body shouting things that her mind hasn't, um, hasn't processed and come to terms with yet. Well, we'll see. Plus, she still does have that thing for James. Andrea's giving me that incredulous look. It's 
kind of, hmm, wind's available, Jim's not. Where's the dilemma here? Well, I suppose there is that. Um, but the thing is, I think she's definitely more sure of her um, attraction, I guess, to James. Um, it's not that she's unsure of her attraction to Lynn. It's that she's, but we've been best friends for so long. What if it doesn't work out? What if we ruin our relationship? Yaddy, 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 yaddy. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I think that there's definitely that going on. It, it doesn't sound like that's particularly impressive to you. It's more fun when it's the guy. It's kind of stereotypical when it gets the girl. Yeah, I, I thought that really it just did seem to... It was more interesting as a character focus than as a villain focus for Supergirl after some of the big threats she's faced uh, this week. Fun ways for it to come out, too. Like, uh, somebody brings up the question of whether guys and girls can be just friends and she's like of course we're just we're best friends of course again and the guy's like no they can't and she's would be like what do you mean we're friends no they can't <laughs> i'm just telling the honest truth okay and of course most guys would think first before exploiting that but and it would be kind of interesting if it's that some you know that type of thing well, and with Wynn, I think you you really got him, to, he, he admitted that he was keeping a lot inside, and I think that that, he, like I said, it makes him overall an interesting character. Now, can we move on to the B-plot? Okay, what was that again? The B-plot, we have the efforts of uh, Hank Henshaw and Alex to find out what uh, Maxwell Lord is uh, up to. And... Uh, we had Alex actually going on a date with um, Lord. I should say we'll have some spoilers ahead. Um, but uh, how did you think that played out? It does seem like his control over his um, uh, mind reading uh, powers are a bit more limited than we saw like in cartoon uh, versions of the character. Well, he definitely showing some death himself and and he, when it comes to his powers and, and some pretty good acting as there's more hints than actually coming around and saying that he's had issues with his powers and he's struggling with the ethics and um the temptations that come along with his particular set of powers yeah, I I think that that uh, came up. I also I also think that uh, Maxwell Lord uh, definitely had a few moments of showing his um, strength and cleverness of the villain, particularly with him outsmarting uh, their deletion of his security tapes, and then of course that final twist at the end. What was that again? Well, I won't overspoil it if you don't remember what it was but it was an absolutely amazing twist that you will someday have to review and watch um so now we come to the c plot the c plot which is 
He had when dealing with his own past and the horror of all that. We had uh, the Martian Manhunter uh, treading into dangerous territory to find out the truth behind our main villain's plot. And then we had Lucy coming to work for Catco and the conflict it created with James. One of these things is not like the other. Well, yeah, I mean, because to me, I mean, they wanted to make it some big conflict plot, I guess, so the characters had something to do. Uh, to be honest, this week it was kind of hard to care about Jimmy's revelation that he missed being uh, doing more photojournalism, which would be solved by talking to Kat and seeing if he could get more uh, photography moments. Which, you know, dealing with everything else we're dealing with, it's just not on the same level and it wasn't all that interesting. And I kept basically asking myself, what's all is she interviewing for again? <laughs> Why do I care? Yeah, she's going to be the chief lawyer. Uh, you know, I did notice some interesting attitudes in this that were um, kind of... Uh, bizarre and would be really troublesome in reverse. Uh, for example, uh, cat, uh, Lucy praises the fact that the uh, Catco's 90% of the heads of their business line are women and that she was glad to be coming here working for an awesome woman rather than a white male. So imagine you had a show where you had a male character said this is a company is awesome. Ninety percent of the supervisors are men, and instead of having to work for a black female, I get to go and work for an awesome white male. I mean, that would uh, not be considered acceptable at all. Yeah, I th to say that some of their. Um moments where kind of like it's hard living with a feminist sometimes isn't it James well, I don't know if they're actually living together but uh, while there were some moments like that I would I would say as a woman that I can see where oh where a woman might say that something and not intend it to have anything against men simply because that's a refreshing change that normally we are surrounded by uh, businesses and that are dominated by men and and just like anyone who's spent in their lives in, in a lot of contexts where the, they are in the minority you can find it refreshing to for once be around with a lot of your own and people like you hmm. I mean not, and none of us when it's I don't think any of us think we're being racist when we're excited to be among people like us. It's only when somebody is excluding us because we're not like them that we feel like someone's being discriminatory. The other thing I noticed really weird about Supergirl is her viewing preferences. It almost seems one of the most inconsistent things with the character. So Kara is all um, naive uh, and, you know, innocent about so much that goes on in the world. And yet anytime she goes to sit and watch TV with Alex, their television night is, you know, they've mentioned Orphan Black. They've mentioned Game of Thrones. 
and they mentioned some other violent show on Showtime as the shows they're watching. I'm like, what? Huh? Yeah, it's like she's she's like sweet, innocent, doesn't know, you know, um, doesn't really fully understand the world, and yet she watches like Game of Thrones with all the porn and violence and that, and it's like. I just don't see Kara as described being into that sort of show. Now, part of it, too, is I think a lot of these shows that they reference her being into are owned by Viacom, which, of course, owns CBS, which, of course, makes Supergirl. But it's just one of those things that they keep doing that just really doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense for Kara. Name dropping their popular shows just to try and say, see, she's popular, she's hip, she's in with the right crowds of the millennial, even though she is kind of portrayed kind of sweet and innocent girl. Yeah, it's it's just one of those weird things. But I guess in terms of... You know, maybe there are some... Uh, one thought I would have is, do we know what that audience actually looks like? Are there some... You know, people that you would normally see that are like here that watch that show, and even though they see those things, it doesn't actually affect them. Hmm. Maybe there that maybe that is the case. Maybe, but I'm not buying it. Okay, so I guess overall, I'll give the episode. Uh, I think that the particularly the C plot was kind of pointless, but I think all the developments in the show were. Uh, uh, on the main two plots were pretty solid and some great character moments, so I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Well, other than being a little busy, it was pretty good, so 8. 8. Okay, so she's more generous. Alright. I always am on this show for some reason. Okay, so now we go to other media reviews, and I have, I have finished... Showcase presents Aquaman Volume 1. And now this is a big uh, book of about 540 pages of Aquaman comics from 1959 to 1962. And it's mostly pretty light stuff. Um, I was kind of surprised when I read it. Aquaman uh, didn't was not actually King of Atlantis. He encountered Atlantis. Um, but basically only through uh, secondary stuff. Um, Aqualad was actually was made to leave Atlantis. His mother was an exile of Atlantis. If this had been the Marvel Universe, he would have been all tore up about it. But since this is the DC Universe in the Silver Age, not really a problem. Um, and uh, they, they were mostly light things. Some of them were a little silly. I saw a reviewer online taking issue with the fact that Aquaman started an undersea hospital for fish in this book. And he painted a sign on it. And the reviewer was like, what, do fish read? Okay, yeah, it is that type of book in some spots. Um, there is a, probably my favorite silly moment in here is Aquaman is facing a criminal who has trained land animals. And uh, the criminal summons a buffalo to deliver bombs and coconuts. And uh, the criminal says, 
Wait, you stupid buffalo, you're tipping the draft, dousing the bombs. You're waste and Aquaman says, you're wasting your breath, Gustav. That buffalo won't listen to you, only to me. I gave him a telepathic order to tilt the raft. You crazy! I trained that buffalo for a year. He obeys my slightest command. He's a land buffalo, a land animal. That's where you made your mistake, Gustav. My authority over that buffalo overrides yours. And then Aquaman delivers a punch. You see, he's a water buffalo. <laughs> okay, that was silly because technically he's supposed to only have control over sea animals. Um, but in this book, you do get a lot of the landmark uh, Aquaman stories. You see the introduction of Aqualad. And most of these are pretty short tales, um, 6 to 13 pages in adventure comics, detective comics, and world's finest. Uh, and then, But you do see the earliest Aquaman comics in uh, Showcase and then in his own comic book, the first six issues. And the villains aren't particularly memorable, but it's the plots never drag. There's a lot of fun, imaginative stuff in there. Some great art. You probably need to be in the mood for it, but it's it's a lot of fun. So I would give this uh, four Finny Friends out of five. And now on to some big Finnish audio drama uh, reviews. The Doctor Who: The Early Adventures, The Domain of the Ward. Uh, this was a series that uh, Big Finish started putting out in 2014. They are basically, the early adventures are full cast audio dramas featuring the surviving members of the cast for doctors who have uh, passed away. In this case, the first and second doctors, this one featuring the first doctor. And Domain of the Ward is actually just a really, really good story. It captures a lot of the feeling of the First Doctor era, and without any of the problems, you know, a lot of those stories tended to be very padded, very overlong. This one fits easily within four parts. There's a lot of action, adventure, and some great twists. Plus, they take the Vord. Uh, the Vord appeared in one serial back in 1963, as a somewhat uh, generic um, men in black suits uh, sort of uh, villain. But they, uh, Andrew Smith, who wrote it, does a great job fleshing these uh, uh, aliens out and giving them a real origin. And the guest acting is all great. Um, I'll give that one eight TARDISes out of ten. And then after that we have the Acheron Pulse. It's the sequel to The Burning Prince, which I think I mentioned on a previous uh, podcast. The Burning Prince featured the fifth Doctor, and he made a promise to come back and check on a man's daughter. Well, the sixth Doctor actually comes back and fulfills that request, only to find that his empire is in quite a bit of trouble. They are being invaded by a mysterious warlord named Tenebris. There are a lot of great twists as to who Tenebris is, and it follows up perfectly on The Burning Prince. Uh, the serial is a bit long, and there are a few plot strings that really could have been cut. Uh, for the Doctor Who main range release, all uh, Big Finish releases uh, in that main range are four episodes long. However, the episodes in this one were a lot longer than usual. Uh, so this was probably about 20, 30 minutes longer than the original, uh, than the average story, and it could have been shorter than usual. Still, Colin Baker turns in a good performance. The plot has some really interesting ideas, and uh, overall, I'll give that one seven Tardises out of ten. All right, well, 
actually, that's all. Um, we decided to do this midweek podcast just so that we could get Supergirl out of way, the way so we don't have such a big weekend podcast. And also we got to review the cereal, so that's good. So join us back here this weekend where it's all going to be Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. And, but for now, from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam. And Andrea Graham. Signing off. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.